All right, people, welcome back to the Catholic Traveler podcast. I am Mountain, and this is the Rome edition as I take you to the station churches and record on location. So this is the uh, third episode, but the fourth day of Lent. I know maybe that's a little confusing, and it's really just because yesterday's church did not turn out well audio-wise. My fault. I did some recording inside, and it did not sound good at all, so being the uh, perfectionist that I am, I decided just skip it. Anyway, uh, I will try to be better and make sure that the recordings sound good before I leave the church in the future. Um, so today, you might hear it's a little... It's actually not that busy at this hour in the day, but um, today's church is San Agostino. And if you've ever been to Rome, you have surely been near this church, even if you didn't know it. And that's because this church is located just outside of Piazza Navona. So Piazza Navona, very famous square piazza in Rome. Um, this church is to the northern end and just across the street and kind of down a little, I don't want to call it an alleyway because it's more of a road, but it's not a very uh, heavy trafficked road. And there's a, there's a McDonald's near so you may have seen signs to the McDonald's when you're at the uh, when you're coming out of Piazza Navona. Anyway, so this church, Sant'Agostino, right near Piazza Navona, a few blocks from there, Pantheon, and it's it's the route a lot of people take. So a lot of people walk by this church. But the problem with Rome is that you know there's nearly 1,000 churches in Rome, and so you might get a little overwhelmed by churches and even a little numb to churches. You might see this beautiful church on the outside, but not think to go in because you've already been into like 10 churches this day. This church is one that you should not miss, but a lot of people do walk right by it. Again, because they're just going from the Pantheon to Piazza Navona. They're going to like the big sites of Rome. So they skip this church and it's a shame. So this church was, uh, it's, it's, it was a really old church. And then they dedicated it to St. Augustine, Sant'Agostino. And so they built built a new church in the 13th century, so the late 1200s. And it took uh, 150 years or so to build. And that's the church that we see today. So during that time, you know, the Colosseum isn't what it is today. It wasn't a big tourist attraction. It was just kind of a place to quarry marble. So people would go there. If they needed a little um, travertine marble, they would just take it from the Colosseum. They didn't think that, you know, 500 years later, people were going to wait in line for hours to go see where all these people were killed many. 2,000 years before. So they just thought of it as a you know a place to get some nice marble. And so a lot of the places in Rome were built with this travertine mar- marble, and this is one of them. So San Agostino was built from marble that came from the Colosseum. And so that's, you know, that's interesting. But uh, inside this church, that's where, that's where it gets really beautiful. So inside this church, and again, if you're just walking by, getting from the Pantheon to Piazza Navona and not really thinking about popping into a church. This is why you should always do that. I mean, not all churches have this kind of stuff, but this one does. This church has a Caravaggio, very famous painter, if you don't know, has a Caravaggio painting, has a fresco by Raphael. It has an altarpiece by Bernini. It has the tomb of St. Monica, and it even has an icon attributed to St. Luke. So all that stuff is in this church, a Bernini, Caravaggio, Raphael, a very famous saint, St. Monica, and Augustine's mother, for those that don't know, and uh, an icon by St. Luke, all in this church. It looks pretty simple from the outside. So uh, when you go into this church, there's all these steps you walk, up it's kind of elevated off the street you walk in and the first thing you see is this gorgeous blue ceiling it's this frescoed ceiling that was renovated just within the last couple years 
they had scaffolding covering the ceiling as they were cleaning it. And it's just so bright in this vibrant blue. And I'm not going to do it justice by talking about it. You'll just have to uh, come to Rome and see it or watch one of the videos I've made of this church because I got some good uh, shots of the church in the videos. Um, and you can access all that on my website, on YouTube. Um, anyway, so uh, San Agostino, beautiful blue frescoed ceiling, lots of side chapels um, with different artworks. But the one that everybody comes to see, the people that do know this church, they come to see the Caravaggio. So Caravaggio, very famous painter here in Rome. During his day, though, he was not all that well famous, all that famous, well known. Um, and this particular work was commissioned. He was commissioned to paint Our Lady of Laredo. So Our Lady of the Pilgrims, the Pilgrims Madonna. That's all the names that they have for this. So uh, Our Lady of Laredo, he was commissioned to paint it. He painted it. And when he brought it to the, the person that commissioned him to paint it, they're like, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like how it looks. I don't like the, the dirty feet in it. And yeah, we don't want it. So he, story goes that he just left with it and like carrying it on his back. And eventually it made its way into this church. So when you're going around the churches of Rome and well, the churches anywhere, really, you'll see some art that was meant to be in that spot. So maybe a painting that was painted to go in a certain chapel. And so the chapel was built for that painting. Um, and so that's the architectural term or the art term uh, in situ, I think is how you say it. Don't quote me on that. But it means that it's it's in its place where it was meant to be. And so you'll see that a lot of times. And it's usually easy to tell uh, because if, if something looks like it doesn't fit, then it probably wasn't made to go into that spot. And it came later, like this Caravaggio. So it eventually made it to this church. And it's um, you can tell like it doesn't fit because of the framing. So the frame that's around, it's a marble frame, but it's kind of like broken and paintings kind of jammed in there. Anyway, beautiful painting. Put a little coin in the box that'll light it up so you can see it better, uh, which is pretty common in some of the churches here. Um, a few years ago, I think it was maybe two or three years ago, uh, I was in America and this person I follow that does restoration here in Rome, I don't remember her name. I follow her on Instagram. You know, you don't know everybody you follow. But she posted that uh, the Caravaggio was out of its frame because they had been cleaning it. And it was on the floor, like in just a regular frame, like, uh, what do you call those things? Like an easel. It was like in a big easel. And so when I landed back in Rome after our trip, uh, it was the last day it was on display in that easel. And so we went straight to the church, waited in this long line, and we got to see the Caravaggio like inches away from the canvas, which was pretty amazing. And then the next day they put it back where it belongs. And so now you have to see it from like a couple feet away, which is still pretty awesome. Anyway, so it has the Caravaggio. Also in this church is a fresco, as I mentioned, by Raphael, another very famous painter. Um, Raphael has a fresco here. It's just above one of the columns. And the altar piece, so the altar itself, is by Bernini. So the same guy that did much of St. Peter's Basilica and the big fancy altar, the Baldacchino, as they call it, at St. Peter's. He did that. But he also did this one here. And then above the altar, there is a little icon. It's kind of hard to see. It's, it's quite small. But that is attributed to St. Luke. So, you know, the St. Luke. They say that he painted this or wrote it. You know, when it's an icon, you say you write it, you don't paint it. But they say that he wrote this icon. And, of course, it looks a lot different than it would back in his day because, you know, there's some gold on it, some metals, and he wouldn't have done all that. He just would have painted this picture, and then over time people embellished it because that happens a lot with things like that too. Um, and so then in the back left corner of the church... And I'm not in the church right now. I'm outside because I learned my lesson yesterday. I've got to figure out how to record inside. The back left corner of the church is this beautiful green tomb. And that is the tomb of St. Monica, so St. Augustine's mother. 
and uh, she died in Ostia. She was buried in Ostia, and then they brought her body here after building this church dedicated to her son. Um, so she is buried here, and they have part of that original tomb that she had here as well. That's up on the wall. Um, so yeah, and then what else? Well, one other thing that I like to point out in this church is Our Lady of Childbirth, Madonna del Parto. So this is a statue. It's right when you walk in the door. I saved it for last, but it's right when you walk in the door to the left. It's to the left. And it's a statue of Mary holding baby Jesus. And when you're here, you'll notice that people will walk up to it and they'll kiss the foot or they'll touch the foot. And um, around the statue, so in a lot of churches of Rome, you'll see ex votos. These are little, usually metal medallions, often in the shape of a heart, that people will leave by a chapel where prayers were answered. And it's kind of a visual reminder to everybody else, even hundreds of years later, that people's prayers have been answered at this church, or in this chapel, or by this statue, or by this painting. And of course, they're not praying to the statue or the painting, but it's just where that happened. And um, what's unique here is that because this is Our Lady of Childbirth, a lot of women and men who are having trouble uh, with pregnancies, difficult difficulties getting pregnant, well, the men aren't getting pregnant, but you know what I mean. Um, but if they're having difficulties with pregnancies or if they know someone who's having difficulties, they will come here and pray to Our Lady of Childbirth to help them. And so rather than just the typical silver hearts that you see in a lot of the churches, this one has baby pillows. So maybe a, a pink baby pillow or a blue baby pillow. Um, and sometimes they'll have names scribbled on them. And it's just a really sweet reminder that not only are prayers answered here, but prayers for babies. And just a little personal story that I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but I know I've shared it over the years, especially with people who travel with me and people that follow me on social media, but uh, we lost our first baby. So it was right before uh, she was born. So lost our first daughter and obviously that's very difficult, but um, when I go by this church, I'm always going in and I pray for people that have experienced that or that will experience that because it's just an awful thing to happen. Um, but we named her Mia. So that's her name, Mia. And one year I was in this church and it was her birthday. And I went to the statue and I was looking at all the you know, little baby pillows that were hanging up there. And then I prayed for a bit and prayed for Mia. I prayed for a wife that's going through things like this or that has gone through things like this. Anyway, and then when I'm done, I looked to my right and hanging on the wall was one of these pink baby pillows and the name scribbled on it was Mia. And Mia is not a common name here in Italy, so it's very bizarre that that would be there, right? So I took that as a little a little nod from Mia. So that kind of made my made my day. Anyway, so that is uh that's it on today's church, Sant'Agostino, very beautiful church again. It's just at the top of Piazza Navona by the McDonald's and uh, you should visit. So uh, tomorrow, St. John Lateran, the Cathedral of Rome, and um, 
I will talk to you then. Ciao, everybody.